For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the themes of Yom Kippur. This is part one of the series. In this session, we are going to be discussing the themes of Yom Kippur. In looking at the themes of Yom Kippur, some of the major themes that are associated with this biblical festival is the following. Number one, it is known as the Day of Atonement. Yom in Hebrew is Day, Kippur is Atonement. So the Hebrew name for this holiday is Yom Kippur, which means in English, the Day of Atonement. This is the day in the year when the God of Israel designated that he would forgive the sins of the nation of Israel. Number two, this festival is known as Face to Face. On Yom Kippur is when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies. And in going into the Holy of Holies, it is said that the high priest was in the presence of the God of Israel. The Hebrew word for presence is face. When you're in the presence of the God of Israel, this is associated with and connected with the face of the God of Israel. So being in his presence, the idiomatic phrase associated with this is face to face. Number three, this is known as the day. This day is recognized as being the most holiest day in the year. It is a day that we humble ourselves and in doing so by repenting of our sins, this is the day that the God of Israel designated on his calendar that he would forgive the sins of his people in a national way. Number four, this festival is known as the fast. It is on Yom Kippur that the way in which this festival is celebrated in addition to confessing our sins, it is a fast day. The scripture actually says it's the day of the afflicting of our soul and that is interpreted to be fasting. Number five, this festival 
festival is known as the Great Shofar. In traditional Judaism, at the end of the Yom Kippur service, the last part of the service is known as Nila, or the closing of the gate. It is at this part of the service where a shofar will be blown. This shofar is known as the Great Shofar. Looking now at Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement, the Hebrew word for atonement is Kippur. It is the Strong's number 3725. The Hebrew word Kippur comes from the Hebrew root word Kafar, which is the Strong's number 3722. And Kafar means to cover, to purge, to make atonement, to make reconciliation, to forgive, to appease, to pacify, or to pardon. So Yom Kippur means the day that our sins are forgiven and reconciliation is made with the God of Israel. So Yom Kippur is the designated day in the festival season that the God of Israel established wherein he would forgive the sins of the nation of Israel once they repented. Yom Kippur is associated with the forgiveness that the God of Israel granted unto his people for committing the sin of the golden calf. In Midrash Seder Alam, which is the order of the world, the chronology of the events that have taken place in the world since the creation of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, in Midrash Seder Alam Rabbah 6, it gives a chronology of the period of time between the receiving of the Torah at Mount Sinai and the following 10th day of Tishrei or Yom Kippur. On the 6th day of Sivan, the Ten Commandments were given. On the seventh day of Sivan, the very next day, Moses, or Moshe, ascended the mountain. And Moshe then remained on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. On the 40th day, which was the 17th of Tammuz, he descended where he found the nation of Israel sinning by worshiping the golden calf. And as a result, he broke the tablets which contained the Ten Commandments. Following that, Moshe ascended the mountain the second time, this would be on the 18th of Tammuz, to seek compassion from the God of Israel because of the sin of the golden calf. Moses remained on the mountain for another period of 40 days and 40 nights, the second 40-day and 40-night period that he spent up on the mountain. After that time, Moshe descended on the 28th of Av and he hewned a second set of tablets. Then on the 29th of Av, Moshe ascended Mount Sinai the third time. So if we look at these events on a timeline and reviewing what we just mentioned, we can see then that on the 6th of Sivan is when the house of Jacob received the Torah and the commandments that were given 
given unto them by the God of Israel. Then the next day, the 7th of Sivan to the 17th of Tammuz, Moses is up on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. Then he comes down and he sees the nation of Israel committing the sin of the golden calf. Then he goes back up to the mountain for another 40 days and 40 nights. This culminates in it being the 28th of Av and on the 29th of Av he comes back down from the mountain and then the third period of time of being on the mountain concludes with him coming down the third time from Mount Sinai. That day, according to the rabbis, was the 10th of Tishrei or Yom Kippur. Now if we look at this in the scriptures, in Deuteronomy or Devarim chapter 10 and verse 10 it says, And I stayed in the mount according to the first time, 40 days and 40 nights, which the rabbis associate those 40 days and 40 nights with being from the 7th of Sivan to the 17th of Tammuz. And the Lord hearkened unto me at that time also, and the Lord would not destroy you. Moshe descended from Mount Sinai the third time, according to the rabbis, on the 10th of Tishrei, and this is the day that would be designated by the God of Israel as Yom Kippur. Therefore, that day was established as a decree and a remembrance for all generations. In Leviticus, or Vayikra, chapter 16 and verse 34, it is written, And this shall be an everlasting statute unto you, to make an atonement for the children of Israel for all their sins once a year. And he did as the Lord commanded Moses. Yom Kippur is known as the fast day or the day of afflicting the soul. In Leviticus or Vayikra chapter 23 and verse 27 is where it tells us that Yom Kippur is a day of afflicting the soul. Traditional Orthodox Jewish interpretation interprets the afflicting of the soul as refraining from all bodily pleasures. The rabbis interpret there are five major Yom Kippur afflictions, and they are abstaining from eating, drinking, washing, or anointing the body, wearing leather shoes, and marital relations. Yom Kippur is the day when white garments were worn by the high priest. It is an Orthodox Jewish custom of wearing white clothing on Yom Kippur, which is meant to emulate the ministering angels. Some people wear a kittle, which is a white robe worn over their clothing. They would wear this on Yom Kippur and for the Yom Kippur service. It is an Orthodox Jewish custom that the kittle should not be decorated with gold because gold recalls the sin of the golden calf and Yom Kippur is a day of divine forgiveness from the God of Israel and it was originally associated with forgiveness from the sin of the golden calf. We are told in the Bible that angels wear white garments. The ministering angels of the God of Israel wear white clothing. During the events of the resurrection of Yeshua in Matthew chapter 28 verses 2 and 3 it is written, And behold there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the 
the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. White garments is associated with our sins being forgiven. In Leviticus chapter 13 verse 17 it is written, And the priest shall see him and behold, if the plague be turned into white, and then the priest shall pronounce him clean that has the plague, he is clean. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 8 it is written, Let your garments be always white, and let your head lack no ointment. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 it is written, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So your sins being red like crimson is associated with whoredom because we're told in the scriptures that the nation of Israel, by breaking the commandment of the God of Israel, was an unfaithful wife and committed whoredom with the other nations around them and followed after their God. So even though your sins be according to that, they shall be once you repent of your sins as white as snow, completely forgiven. White garments also represent purity and righteous deeds done by the people of the God of Israel. White garments are symbolic of purity and righteous deeds. The bride of Messiah is an overcomer whose sins are forgiven, whose heart is pure, and who has righteous deeds. In Revelation chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, it is written, You have a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. Notice, not defiling your garments, their garments are white. He that overcomes the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. In Revelation chapter 19 verses 7 and 8 it is written, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints, or the righteous deeds, or the righteous acts of saints. Now let's look at the Yom Kippur high priest ceremony and see the spiritual meaning and application of the events that happened with the high priest and the ceremony which he is commanded to do, which is found in Leviticus in chapter 16. The ceremony of the high priest on Yom Kippur is detailed for us in Leviticus chapter 16. The primary purpose of this ceremony is to bring atonement for the entire nation of Israel for their sins committed during the previous year. In Leviticus chapter 16 verse 30 it is written, For on that that day shall the priest make an atonement for you to cleanse you and to make you clean from all your sins before the Lord. The spiritual application to this is that Yeshua is our high priest. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 it is written, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest 
of our profession, Messiah, Yeshua. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, it is written, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Yeshua, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Even as the high priest made intercession for the nation of Israel on Yom Kippur, Yeshua makes intercession for us. In Romans chapter 8 verse 34 it is written, Who is he that condemns? It is Messiah that died, yea rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us. And understanding Yom Kippur and the association with us repenting of our sins, one of the Hebrew words for repentance is teshuva. Teshuva comes from the Hebrew root word shuv. Shuv is the Strong's number 7725, which means to return, turn back, to restore, refresh, or repair. The rabbis teach that the God of Israel created the concept of repentance before he created the heavens and the earth. And this is found in Nedarim 39b. Because the God of Israel would not create the world being all-knowing and knowing that man would sin without giving him an opportunity to repent. Yom Kippur is when we specifically are commanded to analyze and consider what we have done in our lives and to confess the sins that we have committed against the God of Israel. In Mishnah Torah Chilchot Teshuvah 1.1, Rambam, that is Moses Maimonides, explains that should a person transgress any commandment of the Torah, whether it is a positive commandment or a negative commandment, whether it is done intentionally or inadvertently, and desires to repent from his sin, he should make a verbal confession of that sin. We can see the this principle in Numbers in chapter 5 in verses 5 through 7 as it is written. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Speak unto the children of Israel. When a man or woman shall commit any sin that men commit to do a trespass against the Lord and that person be guilty, then they shall confess their sin which they have done and he shall recompense his trespass with the principle thereof and add unto it the fifth part thereof and give it unto him against whom he has trespassed. In Psalm chapter 32 and verse 5 it is written, I acknowledge my sin unto you and my iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. In Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 it is written, He that covers his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. This promise that if we confess our sins that the God of Israel through Yeshua the Messiah will forgive us of our sins 
is found in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, as it is written. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How are we to confess our sins? The Hebrew word for confession is vidui. It is taught that there cannot truly be total repentance without confession of our sin. When David sinned with Bathsheba, the God of Israel sent the prophet Nathan to rebuke him. And this is found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 1-12. through 12. After Nathan's rebuke of King David, David replied with these words that are found in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Before David confessed that he had sinned against the God of Israel, there is a blank space in the Hebrew text. The Vilna Gaon, this is an Orthodox Jewish rabbi, explains the significance of the blank space before David's response. There was a silence after Nathan's stern words. David was engaged in an inner struggle. He could have justified his deed, or he could admit that the prophet was right whom the God of Israel sent. Finally, David made his decision and he said, I have sinned. David's response remains a prototype of confession and repentance. David's lengthy confession and prayer to the God of Israel is recorded in Psalm or Tehillim 51. Repentance must have serious thought, frank admission, and verbal expression of how we have sinned and how we hope to improve in the future. This thought is given in the Art Scroll Masora, which is the Yom Kippur Ashkenaz Makzor, which is the prayer book, and it is found on page 69. Now, let's look at Psalm 51, and let's read about David's confession of his sin and how it was done. Psalm 51 verse 1 begins by saying, A psalm of of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba have mercy upon me o god according to your loving kindness According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. I want you to notice here that David is making a plea under the God of Israel to be forgiven of his sins based upon the mercy that the God of Israel extends unto his people who confess their sins. Psalm 51 verse 2, Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. So he asked the God of Israel to forgive his sins based upon the mercy that the God of Israel grants in forgiving sin. And David confesses his sin and says, I acknowledge my transgression. Psalm 51 verse 4. Against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you might be justified when you speak and be clear when you judge. See, we need to realize when we sin, we're actually sinning against the God of Israel. When we sin, it grieves and it hurts his heart. We all love him enough that we don't want to hurt his heart. So if we think about that when we do 
abuse and how it grieves his heart, perhaps it may allow us to stop and think and reconsider what we're doing. Psalm 51 verse 5, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward part, and in the hidden part you shall make me to know wisdom. What is the hidden part? That's the heart. He wants me to love him with my heart. It's with my heart that he's going to teach me wisdom. What is wisdom? It is the knowledge and the understanding of the ways of the God of Israel, his word or his Torah. Psalm 51 verse 7, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. That is speaking about that our sins are completely forgiven. Well, that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject, the themes of Yom Kippur. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.